This is Spiritual Warfare Part 2. I wanted to mention a situation that I think is very crucial, very important for you to understand if you're an intercessor. Always uh, stay around people who are bigger than you. If you know this is what you're called to do as far as spiritual warfare, and just any every Christian should know. Um, I think I may have talked about in the first clip three spiritual warfare tips. The discipline every Christian needs to know if you don't know everything about spiritual warfare, the number one discipline every Christian needs to, to do is you need to do this. You need to develop an ear to hear the voice of God. You need to you need to fix you need to um to silence the crowd. Okay? And that's not being fearful, not being timid, reluctant, not being distracted, not being hindered, not being bothered. You have to get that discipline of silencing the crowd. Listen to the voice of Jesus and do what he's telling you to do. And this is crucial. Don't just do what Jesus tells you to do. Do it immediately. And when I say immediately, I mean your breath stinks, your hair's not combed, you got the same clothes you had on yesterday, you need a shower, your baby needs a pamper change, your baby's crying. You have to hand off your baby and say, I got to do this. Hold on just a second. I'll be right back. Hold my baby. I'll be right back. You have to be like that. Because that I, that discipline right there is going to give you this sort of outcome. And this is going to be a recurring theme throughout your life. It's going to be, I've never seen that before. I've never heard that before. This has never happened before. That'll be a recurring theme in your life if you develop that discipline. It's extremely important, and you may already know this, harmonious agreeable. If a person is in the hospital... And they're fighting for their life, a child, an adult, something's going on. You don't just want family out there. You want harmonious, agreeable family. Now, listen to this. This is critical because I want you to understand there are these little things that that count when it comes to spiritual warfare. It has to be harmonious, agreeable in faith, seeking a positive outcome. Everybody's seeking the same positive Outcome, even if there's a small chance, there's a 10% chance that this person's going to survive. You need family out there who are harmonious, agreeable, and faith. Listen to this because this is very important. What you don't want, and I know this probably seems like common sense, you don't want what's called an unholy alliance at the hospital. People who are harmonious, agreeable, but they're pessimistic, negative. This person, we're just, we're here. We've come together because we know you're going to die. We've come together because we know you're going to die. You do not want that surrounding you at the hospital while you're fighting for your life. We're here because we know you're going to die. And you shouldn't die alone. That's not what you want at the hospital. And it's crucial to analyze that right there. Are you here because you I shouldn't be alone when I die, or are you here in 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 faith that that little ten percent chance is gonna be what I need, is gonna be the hope that we need. You know what I'm saying? If you're not remember when um LeBron James came back from O three when he was playing the Warriors? No team in NBA history has come back from 0-3 in the finals and LeBron James 
uh, LeBron's team was the first to do it. LeBron's coach says something that's very crucial and that you should collect, which you should, um, you should know, you should understand for spiritual warfare. LeBron James' coach said, don't get on this plane if you don't think we're going to win. I'm not talking about this next game. I'm talking about this whole thing. If you don't think we're going to be the first, if you don't think we're going to be the first team in NBA history to win this thing, I don't want you on this plane with me. That's what LeBron's coach said. Do not get on this plane if you don't think we're going to win the next four games. You have to have that sort of attitude and faith. And, and I've been in that situation where I've told people, get out of here. And you have to deal with the ugly faces and the attitudes and that that person doesn't like me. I've had to tell people, get out of here just to, for that person to stay alive that was in that problem, that was in that situation. I had a situation I had I had to tell somebody to get out of the room, you know, because there's that there's that time between the end of the 911 call and when the paramedics actually show up. And you need to stand in the gap for that person. And you have to literally tell people, even like now, like like right now, you may have heard some sounds in the background just a few seconds ago. There was somebody coming up to me to disrupt me. I said, get out of here. While I'm recording this right now, I just told this person, hey, man, get out of here. Because you've, you've walked. You've sought me out. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a long distance away from you. That means you got up and you've sought me out today. As early as I'm recording this today on Sunday morning. You have got up out of your bed and sought and searched for me. You searched for me. Okay, that's what you did. You searched for me because I'm a long way away from your bedroom. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to tell people, get out of here. And you have to do that in spiritual warfare. When that person, would, had someone had passed out in front of me and their eyes rolled in the back of their head, I had to stand in the gap for that person. I told people to get out of the room. We were in the bedroom. I said, get out of here. Even when the paramedic showed up, I said, get out of here. And I mean it, man. Get out of here. Don't come in here. You can't pray. You can't help the paramedics. Get out of here. You have to say that to be successful in spiritual warfare. Oh, you hurt my feelings. But, you know, it's like, but that person I was dealing with did not die. So. What I'm saying is, and we'll move into the paramedics thing, because I want you to know this, and I'm going to tell the story too. I'm going to tell you a story, but I'm going to talk about paramedics too, and I'm going to tell you the story, and then I'm going to, because I want to keep these short, but I want to make sure that they're really, they're worth listening to. When you call 911 and somebody's sick, something has been a tragedy, there's been an emergency. When you call 911, you have no idea who's going to show up to help you. You don't know if they're having it. the paramedics are having a bad day. You don't know who you're going to get. You have no idea. You just see a person in uniform and they're running, rushing over to you and they got a bag. They got some, some equipment and you're thinking this person is coming to help you. You're in a helpless situation and you think this person has some information to help my loved one, to, help, to, to change the situation. You can't assume that that person is going to be professional just because they're in, in a uniform. You can't assume that the nurse at the hospital is going to be professional that day. You cannot assume that the doctor is going to be professional that day. 
So as I said before, you need harmonious, agreeable people around you going out to the hospital when they, when when they put you in the in the in the when they put the person in the ambulance, you need harmonious, agreeable, positive. We're looking for the same positive outcome, not some whole unholy alliance. You should be alone when you die. Nah, not that. We want you know, he's going to beat the odds. That crowd. He has to tell those other people, "Hey, we'll we'll, we'll text you with with the updates." But um, you have to know what you're dealing with. You have to discern what you're dealing with. When you're dealing with a person who is sick or a person who's, you know, like they say, they give you a 10% chance to live, you got to have harmonious, agreeable. Okay? So, like I say, you cannot assume that you're going to be dealing with a professional. When the, when the paramedics show up, the nurses, the doctors, you cannot assume that you're going to be dealing with professionals. And that's why you need to be with the person. Okay, you know, you know that person needs a person of faith with them. Now, I'm going to get into my story, but there's one more thing I want to share with you. Even a person of faith in that situation can get worn out. That person can just get worn out. That person can lose the faith, so to speak. They can just get worn out. They can get weary because what you need in warfare, um, as as intercessors, you may or may or not know this, but you, intercessors have watches. Okay, so your watch might be from midnight to 3 a.m. Another person's watch might be from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. I will tell you something about those numbers. If you are an intercessor and you're kind of developing this, you, you know God has called you to be an intercessor and you're new to all this, you're looking for the books and the, you're looking for the, um, the information, you're looking for the curriculum So, because um, you want to be a world-class intercessor. I will tell you this. If you ever wake up between midnight and 3 a.m., God is telling you to go to war. This is when you're praying in the spirit because you have no clue what's going on. If, if if you know you're an intercessor and you wake up at 1.30 in the morning and that's not your normal time to wake up, you don't have to go pee or you don't you don't need a drink of water. Something's going on. And 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 the Holy Ghost knows what's going on. And that's why you want to get developed in praying in the spirit. Because something is going on. It may just be 20 minutes of prayer and you go back to sleep. But um that's real. That's real for a lot of intercessors. God woke me up at 2 a.m., 1.30 this morning, 1 a.m., and, and I just started praying in the Spirit. Now, that's between 12 to 3. Now, what's, what's crucial about that time is that the most satanic, the most, the most evil, the most aggressive, the most demonic spirits, the most evil, aggressive, demonic spirits, they manifest between midnight and 3 a.m. That's when they're out and about doing what they do. Between midnight and 3 a.m. That's what's usually going on. The most aggressive. And you might be assigned to that watch. That might be your watch. Intercessors have watches. That's why this is important. That's why I'm explaining this to you. When a person. Before I go into that. So, so midnight to 3 a.m. That's warfare prayer. 3 a.m. 3.01 to 6 a.m. You wake up between you wake up during that time, you wake up for whatever reason at four fifteen in the morning. That's not your usual time to wake up. Go into prayers of Thanksgiving. Go into prayers of Thanksgiving. Um there are books about this. Um I'm not gonna go into that. But I thought that was important to share for you. But I want you to understand 
this thing right here. I'm going to tell you this story. Watches are important. Before I go into that story, watches are important. If a if a Christian, if a someone's sick, and then you you don't you don't know if you're going to be dealing with a lousy nurse today or a lousy doctor, so you need to have people of faith around that person. These people, the people of faith, the the faith team, the faith team that's around this person in the hospital. There's only a ten percent chance for this person to live. They're in the ICU, pulmonary embolism, that type of serious situation, cancer. You want a faith team around that person. These are people, you guys are on shifts. You guys are on different watches, just like they're watches for intercessors. You want to be on shifts where you give each other a break to go to lunch, to take a shower, to spend the night at your house instead of at the hospital. You need that. So you can, you got to be, everybody's got to have their, have their opportunity to recharge for that person. Everybody's got to have the opportunity to recharge because you want everybody on their A game every day. Praying for the nurses, healing anointing is flowing through the music, through the TV. Everything is positive and faith charged. You want a faith charged, positive environment. You don't want an unholy alliance. Somebody needs to be here when you die. That's not, that's not it. Okay. So going to close this. I'm at 1330, but I think this is really good. I just personally think this is really good. I feel it. I feel God kind of gave me an unction to kind of get on this and, and, and to talk to you today. So this is the last thing I'm closing. I don't know if it was 2019 or 2018, but I got a text message. I was on a prayer team. I was on an intercessor team. And um, I didn't realize that it was a global prayer chain that I was a part of. I know at my local church, we had our group, but I didn't realize that we had a international prayer chain. I only knew the intercessors at my local church. I get this text message 2018 or 2019 that this, this man has uh, two pulmonary embolisms. So if you're not familiar with a pulmonary embolism, that's when you have a blood clot in your lung. And the blood clot, it gets smaller and moves to your heart and it kills you. Usually if they they put up, they do an x-ray and they see one pulmonary embolism, they usually tell you to get prepared to go over to hospice hospice care. You don't have a lot of time. This brother had two pulmonary embolisms. He had one in each lung. I got a text message about the guy. And so I didn't know nothing about pulmonary embolisms until later. I just was told urgent prayer request. Um, So the story is the guy had actually been coming to our, he was actually en route to our church with his wife for a conference we were having at our church. They were staying in a hotel and um, his wife comes out the bathroom at the hotel and she sees her husband laying on the floor. She runs over to him, tries to wake him up, starts praying. There was another couple that stayed, that came with them to the conference. They were staying at the same hotel. She calls that couple and she calls 911. When the paramedics show up, they get the guy propped up on the bed. They get over to the, uh, they, they send him over to the, uh, the hospital. When he gets to the hospital, they tell, they explain the pulmonary embolisms. When his wife gets this information, she said she uh, she called 
She called the church they were going to go to the conference. With the, church, the church that I was going to host the conference, she called that church, my church. And there's this international prayer chain for this guy. Because the, the pastor's wife, the church I go to, the church that she called, the pastor's wife was a nurse. And she knew all about a pulmonary embolism. And, it's, and she said the guy had two. She knew he does not have a lot of time. And so they had people praying all over America. They had people praying in Australia, Canada, Asia, and Africa for this brother. The wife said she started walking through the ICU speaking in tongues. She said everybody up in that hospital thought she had lost her mind. Two days later, the doctors walked into the hospital. They said, we've never seen him before in our life. But this guy can go home. We don't see any pulmonary embolisms. Things will happen for you that the world has never seen before. If you get developed in spiritual warfare. Listen to the voice of God. Silence the crowd. And do exactly what Jesus tells you to do as quickly as possible. You're listening to the Gala 5 Podcast. My name is Shane Burris.